Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Rabbi Moshe's podcast. Today, I'd like to begin sharing with you some of my reflections after I spent some time before and during Pesach studying a teaching from the Rebbe, uh, a mimer, a Hasidic discourse, that is one of the most profound and maybe even revolutionary teachings that I've ever encountered. And I've studied it before, and every time I study it, I peel back another layer and another layer, go deeper and deeper. And I guess also with the passage of time, I'm able to appreciate it a little bit more. And it really is the gift that keeps on giving. This is a teaching, uh, a discourse that the Rebbe shared in honor of his birthday, which is the 11th day of Nisan, a few days before Pesach, in the year 1971. Tafshin Lamed Aleph. And it it goes through a number of different chapters, a number of different uh, phases of the presentation. I'm not going to teach the entire text. I highly recommend that you study it. It's available online. Um, but what I'm going to do is just share some of my reflections, some of my reactions to this teaching with you in the hopes that it motivates your thinking, raises your perception, and expands your mind and consciousness the same way it did for me. One of the fundamental questions that the Rebbe addresses in this teaching is how can a person reach the truth? How is it possible for a mortal, finite, biased human being to ever realize the goal of connecting with the absolute truth? Because the big problem is we always, seemingly always, are colored and biased by our inborn, um, what's called in Hebrew, yeshus, which it's impossible to translate directly, but basically means self-concern, self-orientation, sort of the default setting of a human being, not evil, not any kind of superiority or hubris or arrogance, just the basic, I am a human being and I would like to continue existing. What's so terrible about that? That itself is already a bias and a distortion that takes a person away from pure truth. Because sometimes the truth might demand that your existence be minimized, but you don't want that. And so here is the conflict and here is the challenge. By definition, a human being, and especially a person's logic, your own rational thought, your capacity for rationality, is not, <clears throat> is not a pure computer. You are not pure logic personified. No human being is. Every human being possesses some degree of logic, some degree of intelligence and, and rational thinking, but it's all driven fundamentally and, and stands on the foundation of, I want what's good for me. And even if you can understand that something is not good for you, um, if it feels good for you, very often you'll do it anyway. Witness the millions of people who know they should not be eating cake, yet they eat cake anyway. And, and so on and so forth. That's just a very simple example. It, that, that problem exists on the simplest levels and on the most abstract, most profound levels of human existence. We're always looking for what's good for us. And sometimes we don't even realize that that's what's coloring our approach and that we have that bias. We, could, we, can, we can be deluded into thinking that we're objective when really we're being driven by something much less noble. So whatever you understand, whatever you comprehend, 
whatever you logically appreciate is always going to be filtered through that prism of yeshus, of self-concern. And it's very difficult to escape it. So ultimately, the answer to this, the way out, the escape from this trap, from this imprisonment, is what's called in Hebrew, bitul. Now, bitul is also a term that is difficult to translate. It's the opposite of yeshus. So if it's not self-concern, it's concern with truth. And the bitul is a, a, a posture a person can adopt of openness and surrender to that which is true, that which is much greater than oneself, more important than oneself, more permanent than oneself, more eternal. And with bitul, a person is able to truly connect with that which is really true and to, to connect with the truth once and for all. Now, this is not going to happen through the mind. This is the tricky part. This happens through the soul, not the mind. And because the soul is a part of God, we have the capacity to rise above our logical limitations or the limitations of our logic, of our intellect. And there's more to a human being than that which they can understand. And we have the ability, we have a sense for something that is beyond logic. And you have to be careful. That doesn't mean that everything that's not logical suddenly becomes the truth. Um, there's plenty of things that are sublogical and don't deserve your respect and your time. But something that is greater than logic, certainly greater than your own logic, <clears throat> is where we can find the ultimate truth. And being that the soul is one with God and essentially has no um, bias or agenda of its own, it allows the ability. It gives. It grants us the ability to rise above our self-concern, and to really re recognize and connect with the truth. Uh, for those of you who joined us at the University of Waterloo this year for the inaugural lighting of the menorah near the SLC, you may remember this, and I'll repeat it for those of you who weren't there. That the Jewish approach has always been that we have to make good use of our God-given intellectual faculties. We have never been a people who denigrated intellectual achievement, who looked down on reading and knowledge and education and so on. On the contrary. Famous story with the, with, with the physicist Dr. Isidore Rabi, who won the Nobel Prize, and when he won, he told the, the people that he gave the credit to his mother because every day when he came home from school, his mom would ask. Um, she didn't say, how was your day? She didn't say... Who did you play with? She said, did you ask any good questions today? Which is a very Jewish thing to do. And because he was conditioned by his mother to come home with, a, with an answer to that question, yes, mom, I did ask a good question today, he ended up asking lots and lots of good questions. And that ultimately led him to some major discoveries in physics and for which he was awarded the Nobel Prize. So we're very pro using the mind to the fullest. There's no question about that. At the same time, we cultivate a healthy respect and healthy awe and healthy humility towards that which is beyond our understanding at the moment. And we certainly don't limit ourselves with the shallow certainty that we know all there is to know. And, and this approach, paradoxically, actually helps to ensure a better intellectual achievement. It's not abandoning the mind. 
This is actually going to get you to a better, a better, sharper, truer logical conclusion. Because when you're able to liberate yourself, or be liberated more accurately, by the soul, by the connection to Hashem, from the clutches of ego, from pretense, from reputation chasing, and so on, you're not driven by self-concern, so our minds are then granted the freedom to pursue the truth without any handicap. You're not being held back or biased in any way. So you end up with a better intellectual result overall. This is really the ultimate in, in the Jewish approach. So, in this teaching, the Rebbe quotes a story from the Midrash. And the Midrash says that there was once a king who entered a country accompanied by dukes, prefects, and commanders. Different ministers, different government officials. One person said, I will choose a duke as my patron. Another person said, I will choose a prefect as my patron. And still another person said, I will choose a commander as my patron. In other words, they each wanted to attach themselves and develop a relationship to one of the officers so that he would become their benefactor. There was one clever person among them who said, I will choose the king because the others are all subject to replacement while the king is not subject to replacement. And in the analog, there are nations of the world who serve the sun, others who serve the moon as God, and the Jewish people, by contrast, only serve the Holy One, blessed be He. And that's the meaning of the verse in the book of Echa, God is my portion, says my soul. That's the story from the Midrash. The question is, why do we give the title and the honor of the person who chooses the king as being somebody who's clever? What great cleverness does it take to choose the king over a minister. Everybody understands, even a young child can understand, that the king is greater than any minister or duke that could ever be. So why not? What's the great wisdom? What's the great cleverness? And as the Rebbe proceeds to explain, the cleverness lies in the fact that there's a very good reason you might choose one of those ministers. Because with the ministers, you can end up getting more goodies. You can end up developing a relationship with a minister of finance and end up with much more riches than if you develop a relationship with the king because the king is going to be more demanding and exacting. The king is not going to be as uh, open to uh, being so generous with you and so on for various other reasons. You can do better developing a relationship with a, with a minister than with the king himself. And it takes wisdom, it takes cleverness to realize that even though you're going to be giving up on some goodies, it's much better to have a relationship with the king because the king is where the truth lies and the, and the analog for sure, the king is reflecting Hashem. And not to be confused and not, not to be distorted, not to be tempted and distracted by the goodies, even by a, a, a subtle form of self-concern, but rather to maintain a focus only on the truth and even if it comes at a cost of some goodies, you'd rather choose, you'd rather have a relationship with pure truth than a relationship with something that is less than true or even a distortion of the truth, even though it comes with great goodies. And so one of the takeaways from all this is really that every day a person needs to wake up and say, not who can I become today, how can I become the best version of myself, 
Not even, how can I become a better Jew? How can I become a more devoted servant of God? Because that itself is also still, in a very subtle way, a focus on something other than the king, other than the actual absolute truth. Our mindset needs to be, what is the demand of truth today? What is the expectation of absolute truth, of Hashem Himself, from me today? And if it means one thing today, so then that's what I'll be doing, and that's what my focus will be, and that's where I will get my, my kicks and my satisfaction and my fulfillment. As opposed to looking for, for, for fulfillment and trying to find wholeness in becoming something, we find fulfillment and wholeness in not becoming anything other than a channel devoted to the absolute truth in the service of Hashem and not in any way, shape or form losing sight of that and becoming a little bit distracted in, uh, even in a, in a spiritually selfish way. Now I realize that what I'm saying might be a bit abstract, so I hope, God willing, the next couple episodes to unpack this much more. But I did want to be able to get this out at least in a nugget form, maybe whet your appetite for more. And please stay tuned for the coming episodes. Hopefully we'll unpack this amazing teaching much more. I will, God willing, put a link to the full text in English, um, bilingual text, Hebrew and English, in the show notes. So anybody who wants to study this on their own can do so. May Hashem bless you all with everything you need, physically and spiritually. May we merit the coming of Mashiach very, very soon. Amen. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy schedule to devote your attention to learning about Judaism, picking up some knowledge about Torah, and most of all, stimulating the next steps in your own spiritual journey. I'd love to hear from you with any comments, feedback, questions, challenges, rebuttals, you name it, to what you've heard in this episode. Please reach out to me anytime by email at rmg at jewishwaterloo.com. Have a great day. Bye.